Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. But you must know that we did not submit to their religious circles. That's the focus of the grace. Paul was so focused that there was nothing anybody could do that could take him back. Not even for a moment. So that we might keep the truth of the gospel of grace unadulterated for you. In other words, this message that Jesus has given us, we will hold on to this word. We don't care what anybody say. When you are not called, you are in a hurry to say what everybody is saying. I pray that God will give you a special message. Then now how to go and say it? You know, Paul had to hide and gather a few people like I'm gathering here with you. Sharing with you. Are you are not getting the thing. So how then do I know that the grace message is true? What is the fruit you are bringing to me? Everyone is sitting here because somebody told them about the grace of God. And once he caught it, his passion. I hear you are sharing the thing like crazy. That is what, that is what it does. Once you have understanding, Charlie, you can't keep the thing alone. George will not make anybody pass in front here. But you are coming to church and you can easily walk about people. And nothing moves you to tell them about the love of God. There's no passion. So one day when George receives an amazing grace, God will trust him and say, hey, I want you to do this for me. You wonder, God, I've been in church. I've been praying. It's not about your praying. What is your passion? See, when Peter comes to Ghana, it will be okay. We will hear of him, but not everybody will hear. When Paul comes to Ghana, everybody will know Paul is here. You know why? Everybody must hear the message. He will come to your room. Everybody. Paul was not too and more anointed than Peter. Check it. The difference between them was passion. The zeal. Zeal is what makes the difference. You can have all knowledge, but you don't have zeal to execute. Do you know how many people have amazing business, you know, plans and ideas, but they don't have zeal? God, as they start small and nothing happens, they will stop. But a man with a zeal, his ideas are not too correct. But he's moving and moving and moving and moving until he moves and there's nothing to move. 
Hmm. Passion carries you. Zeal carries you. All right. Do you understand? Okay. Go on. Ah, look at this. He said, who they are. He said, even those most influential among brothers were not able to add anything to my message. Who they are before men makes no difference to me. For God is not impressed by their reputation. The reason why you must understand the grace message is because otherwise, but we don't preach of ourselves. Paul said, we preach not of ourselves, but of Jesus. All right, go on. Uh So so they recognize that I was entrusted. When you stand firm, they will know. They will know you have been entrusted. So they recognize that I was entrusted with taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Just as Peter was entrusted with taking it to the Jews. So both of them had the Mm. the gospel message. But one was taken to the Gentiles and one was taken to the Jews. Hmm. So they were all preaching the gospel. So Peter preached the gospel. Paul preached the gospel. James preached the gospel. Now when it comes to James, you read the book of James, you would think he's speaking law. But then when you are well vested in the message of grace, you know what he means. But if you don't understand, it's like the book of Romans. If you don't understand the message of grace and you read the book of Romans, you would think he's saying you are a sinner, you must accept it. And wait for some grace or something. Because it's a mixture. If you don't understand the message of grace, even what we are reading, Galatians, you won't understand. The first time I saw chapter 3, oh foolish Galatians, I was like, no, Paul could tone down a bit. But if you understand from chapter 1, chapter 2, you will know that he was not really insulting them. The same God who empowered Peter's apostolic ministry to the Jews also flowed through me as an apostle to those who are Gentiles. And you are, you were you used to be a Gentile. When they all recognized this grace operating in my ministry, those who were recognized in, as influential pillars in the church, Jacob, that's James, Peter, and John, extended to Barnabas and me the warmth of Christian fellowship and honored my calling to minister to the Gentiles, even as they were to go to the Jews. Because they started the ministry before he came. They were watching him to see what this guy is saying. But when they realized that Charlie, the, guys, the guy is deep. Now they extended the hand of fellowship so that they could now, he could now come to them so that they can fellowship together and George all. Can you see it? Yes, they simply requested one thing of me. This one touched my heart. That aside teaching all the grace message, don't forget this one. I will remember the poor and needy, which was the burden I was already carrying in my heart. Who do you think he's talking about? Physically poor people and needy people? Yes, that's one side. But two, people that don't know the message of grace, they are poor, they are needy. When the Bible says that Jesus came for the poor, he was not talking about people with money, physical money. He was talking about people that are spiritually poor. They lack revelation. They didn't. Those are the those who, those are who they are called. They call poor. 
That's how come when the devil wants to deceive you, he tells you that even Jesus came for the poor. So poverty is not something that you must really, you know, be worried about. Because that's the reason why Jesus. So the poor people know Jesus. And that, no, that's how the church has turned to. Reason why they tell you that people who go to church are poor and they are crying that God will give them money because they are poor. But you know when you know the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know every born again is what? Is rich. That's what the Bible says. Every born again is rich. For the Bible says he became poor that through his death you might become what? Rich. When I check that rich, both in the Greek and the Aramaic, he was talking about rich, rich. <laughs> Didn't you see in Ephesians 1, he said the, the riches of his glory, which is where? Inside you. And it is from you all things come out. Rest of the day, I told you that every physical thing is a product of the spirit. The thing is already in you. Because you are lazy about it, it's not coming. Because we don't take spiritual things from lazy point of view or lazy ways. You must press, 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 put weight because they are heavy. Spiritual things are heavy. <laughs> the reason why you can easily watch a movie for five hours, but you can't read the Bible for one hour. Reason why, if I say let's pray right now, just after 15 minutes, you start holding your rib or you start yawning because that thing that is coming out of you is so heavy. Do you know what happens to preachers when we are done preaching? Do you know the amount of spiritual energy we exert? You think he's talking? Come. So we need the Holy Ghost to sustain us. Because virtue, 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 Jesus, the virtue, something has come out of me. Virtue. That's why I respect men of God and preachers. It's not an, it's not an easy thing. You see, you are communicating spirit, which is heavier than your ears. If I, you see, you are listening, you are sleepy. You are listening to spiritual things, you are sleepy. But if you go home, you can listen to music or listen to something that is not spiritual. And you realize you are awake throughout. Because it is flesh against flesh. But you are listening to God's word and because it is too much for the body. That is why I told you there is a way to connect and receive the word. Speak in tongues. Because the Bible says spiritual things are received spiritually. 1 Corinthians 2. This is a mystery. If you go somewhere and whatever they are teaching is not, not, not spirit. You don't feel sleepy. It's okay. It's not heavy. But you see, when you train yourself, your body, to accept spiritual things, sleep or tiredness leaves you. It does not matter how long you sit. When I, took, when I take you guys for camping, first two, three days, we break off the flesh. Now we can sit and study the word of God. Not, not pray. Study the word of God from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. And nobody's tired. Nobody's blinking. Nobody's doing anything. And when we are done, we will add icing and pray for three to four hours. And we will wake up by 4, 5.30 again. And by 7 a.m., we are there again praying. Praying for another one hour or two hours. Then we'll come down again, sit down, and study the word of God from 8 o'clock to, let's say, 1 p.m. And nobody feels tired. Why? Because we have dealt. 
with the flesh. What makes you tired is when, when you see Pastor Chris, check those that do healings. You realize that they are different. Look at TB Joshua healings. When people are passionate, eh? I remember when one of TB Joshua's videos, he will wake up early, big place. He will clean the place, sweep the place, go to the toilet. The one coming to preach to demo with water and scrap the toilet place way before the ushers will come. That is passion. The man cannot sleep to get the place ready for God's people to come. You think God is just watching? TB Joshua doesn't pray like you pray. He doesn't pray like that. Oh, Father, God, and blah. It's not about how you pray. God just gave him a gift that made... Do you know he has a statue in Argentina? Is it Mexico? Other Mexico, Argentina. Statue. When you get to the airport, TB Joshua statue is there. He meets presidents. They come for him at the airport. Where did his qualification get to education? Nowhere. But there's something God can give you. Because if you are not passionate, God might want you to go to Argentina and preach. But because of some something else, you will choose that thing over going. I remember one time he went to Argentina or Mexico and the program was supposed to start at 10. The Holy Ghost said he should stay in the room till 4. The people were waiting for him. The question is, imagine you have gone for a program like that and the Holy Ghost says stay. You too. You see, it's what moves you that will determine your obedience. If the crowd you want to see, you are, like you are in a hurry for them to hear what you have to say. When he goes there at 4 o'clock, the people are still there waiting for him. And the power of God will begin to move. Pastor Chris, the same thing. He started when he was, what, four years? Or no, six years or something. He had his first crusade at 14. Alone. Crusade. He said, my passion is to make sure that, see that people are healed. I hear he's going to, 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 to the classroom and he said, oh Lord, use me to bring wholeness to people. I want to see the blind see. I want to see passion. And he kept saying it over and over. Do you see Pastor Chris doing pato? Hippocoto. It's passion. Passion. Today I watched a video of his. The thing moved me. I sent it to you. He said, when I enter into prayer, I say, Lord, if anything about me will mix with your desire for something to happen, I beg you, take me out of that. And let it be about your passion. He said, when I do this, I cry. That I don't want the work of God to be halted. Take me out of your, your agenda. But use me to embark on your agenda. But don't put me in. If myself want to get in there, take me out. See, there's, there, there is prayer and there's prayer. When you haven't stayed with God for long, you don't even know his ways. You pray like everybody else. You are always asking for things. You are always rebuking things. You are always asking for things. But you see, God's agenda with you will never happen because you have yourself has been mixed with the whole thing. It is no more raw. It's not, it's not holy enough. Because a part of you is mixed. You want the place to be full so that people will know that you preach the word. Self. Self. Why do you want to make money? 
Why? To see that the work of God is moving. If, if you want to make money and to feather or to, ask, to help with God's agenda, it's not the number one agenda on your head. Yourself has gotten in there. Because now you must be rich because ladies like rich people. No. That could be the desire and the reason why people would like to be rich. So that I can also fit. So that I can also get to some, some place. So that people will see me differently. So my enemies will know I have God. No, but the essence of these things is to help project. And if you are rich and wealth conscious, I'm telling you, you start buying foam. When your, your cash is not enough, you can buy. That is how you have a mindset. You, begin, you see, it looks like play. It says, but natural realm. But the, the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. That's why I keep telling you, you come to church and we are preaching and you are sleeping. There is something fleshy that is moving on. Rebuke it by start speaking in tongues. You realize you are fighting the thing. After a while, if you are consistent, you realize that now the thing has left you. Now you have become a bit lighter. That's how it is like. Because what we are teaching is not mere words. It's not words of men. Their life and their spirit and they are heavy. When Peter visited now, when Peter visited Antioch, he caused the believers to stumble over his behavior. Now, they've all been given the message of grace. You remember? Okay. So, I confronted him to his face. I can see myself there. He enjoyed eating with the Gentile believers. Not Gentile sinners, but Gentile believers. Who didn't keep the Jewish customs? Why? Because they are Christians. They are born again now. Up until the time James's Jewish friends arrived from Jerusalem, when he saw them, he withdrew from his Gentile friends, fearing how it would look to them if he ate with Gentile believers. Reason why God did not give Peter the message to the Gentiles. Listen, in chapter 10, Jesus had to deliver Peter. Can I show you? Acts chapter 10. God had to deliver Peter. Otherwise, Peter would never have anything to do with Gentiles. At the time, at that time, there was a Roman military officer, Cornelius, who is a Gentile, who was in charge of 100 men stationed in Caesarea. He was the captain of the Italian regiment. Uh -huh. A devout man of extraordinary character who worshipped God and prayed regularly together with all his family. This is something you must learn. He also had a heart for the poor and gave generously to help them. One afternoon about three o'clock, he had an open vision and saw the angel of God appear right in front of him, calling out his name. Startled, he was overcome with fear by the sight of the, of the angel. He asked, what do you want, Lord? The angel said, all of your prayers and your generosity to the poor have ascended before God as an eternal offering. What did I tell you yesterday? Physical things have impact in the spirit. Yes, 
Because all these things he's talking about, the offering and the giving to the poor were physical things he did. But in the spirit, it had an impact there. Reason why you must be careful what you do. Now send some men to Joppa at once. Have them find a man named Simon the Rock. Uh -huh. Who is staying at a guest house, at a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner. Whose house is by the sea? Uh -huh, let's go. After the angel left, Cornelius called two of his servants, a trusted godly soldier who was his personal attache. Uh -huh. He explained to them everything that had just happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, around noon, Cornelius' men were approaching Joppa. Peter went up to the flat roof of the house to hmm. at what time? Noon. To what? Pray. Not sleep. To pray. Cornelius, he was praying when the angel appeared. He was hungry. Look at this. He was hungry and wanted to eat, but while lunch was being prepared, he fell into trance. God didn't have any mercy for his hunger because of what he wanted to give him. There are physical things that, you see, when you think this thing, there are physical things that don't, they don't weigh in the spirit. So God doesn't see it like that. I don't know how to say it. What you think is so heavy in the physical, it is like cutting wool in the spirit. So God doesn't really see it like that. We are saying, God, I'm tired. God is painful. God, in the spirit, it is not seen like that. <laughs> and I told you the story of Paul when he was beaten and Jesus came. He said, go to Rome, go and preach. Meanwhile, the guy was bleeding. Because his word said, for our light affliction. He called affliction light. It is on earth that you magnify affliction. Oh God, look at the pain. Look at, but in the spirit, when we look at it this way, it's like you are okay. Charles play. Romans 8:18. 8, Therefore, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Your suffering of this present time is incomparable to the glory. God sees you in glory. He sees you in glory. Hmm. I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled in us. So when you think you are going through pain, God is looking at you and seeing you in glory. Yeah. See, if you know God in this way, there are some things, it's difficult, but you might, you will be sustained. You will be sustained by revelation. Amen. Oh, I asked quickly. He was hungry. Uh -huh. Food, lunch was being prepared for. He fell into trance and entered into another realm. As the heavenly realm opened up, he saw something reassembling, resembling a large linen tablecloth that descended from above, being let down to the earth by its four corners. God set the table before the guy. As it floated down, he saw that it had, it held many kinds of four-footed animals, reptiles, wild birds. A voice said to him, Peter, go and prepare them to be eaten. Now, in the book of Leviticus, there were some kind of four-footed animals that you cannot eat. Some were holy, some were unholy. But in this state, reptiles were not animals. 
<laughs> Do you know there are some scaled animal fishes you can't eat in the Old Testament? But in the New Testament, when Jesus came, when Peter caught the fishes, they were fishes of scales. What did he mean? That's when he told him, you shall be a fisher of men. What has been rejected now, a time is coming, shall come together, for he shall make two one. So the Gentiles had nothing with what God was doing. You see? There were some four-footed animals you can't touch. Reptiles. You know, God says, no, not this one. He separated them. But now, God has brought all of them together. And he says, kill and eat. But Peter replied, there is no way I could do that, Lord. Even though he was born again, he has been given the message of grace. Somewhere in his subconscious mind, the law was there. He said, for I have never eaten anything forbidden or impure according but he was born again. He has been given the message of grace. Now he calls it forbidden. The voice spoke to me again. Nothing is unclean if God declares it to be clean. So when God called the Gentiles, he chose them. They became they become clean. According as he has chosen us in him to be what? Before the foundation of the what? Holy. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. Because everything God has declared holy is holy. The vision was repeated three times. Then suddenly, the linen sheet was snatched back up into heaven. It means Peter was so, he was so, it's like a leech on the law. I won't eat. Because the law says we should eat. I don't care if it's God giving to me. I'm not eating this. Now, Peter was so stunned by the vision that he couldn't stop wondering about what it all meant. Meanwhile, Cornelius' men had learned where Peter was staying and at the same moment were standing outside the gate. Now, the thing he would call common and unholy were the Gentiles that had come to his house. If Jesus had not shown him that vision to say that don't call anything I have created, I have touched unclean, Peter would never have followed them to Cornelius' house because they were Gentiles. So God delivered him up there and told him that no. Because you see, whether you believe it or not, you are not the main. God has an agenda that Cornelius' house will be saved. That was the mind of God. So God had to deliver. Can you see this? So they came. And at the end of the day, they went with him. And then he went to preach the gospel. Now, something unique happened. Look for that verse. The Bible says, as Peter was preaching Jesus, the Holy Ghost fell and they all began to speak in other tongues. This was so strange to Peter and the Jewish people. Why? Because for them, man must enter into the water. When he comes out, then he receives the Holy Ghost. But these people... The Holy Ghost came upon them. And they just began to speak in other tongues. And Paul, Peter said, now who can forbid them from being... Look at it. While Peter was speaking, the Holy Ghost cascaded over all those listening to 
I beg you, go to verse 40. Let's look at what message was he talking about. Okay, maybe from 38. Jesus of Nazareth. This is what they used to preach in those times. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil. For God had anointed him. Uh We apostles were eyewitnesses to all the miracles that he performed throughout the land of Israel. Finally, in Jerusalem, he was crucified on the cross. But God raised him from the dead. Three days later, allowing him to be seen openly. He didn't appear to everyone, but he appeared to us, his chosen witnesses. He actually ate and drank with us after he rose from the dead. Jesus ordered us to preach and warn the people of God that God had appointed him to be the judge of all living and the dead. Uh-huh. And not only us, but all of the prophets agree in their writings that everyone who believes in him receives complete forgiveness of sins through the power of his name. While Peter was speaking, while Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit cascaded over all those listening to his message. Listen, the message we preach today, (laughs) you want to rhyme. The message is not about rhyming. This simple message, the Holy Ghost agreed to the message. And he showed up. And whilst Peter was preaching. Preaching what? Look at what he was saying. Did it look like preaching to you? If you compare to our preaching today, it doesn't look like preaching. It's like telling a story of something that happened. Peter was only sharing the reality of something that has truly happened. And the Holy Ghost agreed to it. And whilst he was preaching, he was speaking. The Bible says the Holy Ghost fell. I like the King James. Look at the King James. While Peter yet spake these words, these words, these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. The Holy Ghost fell on them. And then what happened? And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you see his mind. If God had not dealt with him on the story building, he couldn't have come. But the people that he thought they were outcasts, the dogs, they also received the Holy Ghost in a special way. (laughs) For they heard them speak with tongues. And magnify God. So they receive interpretation of tongues immediately. While they were speaking in tongues, they understood that these guys are magnifying God. Then Peter, uh then he said, can anyone forbid water that this should not be baptized, which have? Now, if you read on, when they went back, the, the Sahindri, they were surprised. They didn't believe that the Gentiles could receive the Holy Ghost. Then that's when Peter spoke and said, God is not what? 
Huh? He's not a respecter of persons. He's not. God is not a respecter of persons. In other words, he does not have favorites. To say that, you know, because they thought we were the Jews. Charlie, God belongs to us. But they didn't know that Jesus came through his death. That too. Don't teach what you don't know. Because especially the grace message that, that clears the minds of people. Because that is how Satan enslaves people. Through ignorance. 2 Timothy 2.26 said that they may recover themselves. That they may recover themselves from their hands, what? From the snare of the, of, of yeah. He said this will, this, this will cause them to discover, look at 25. Then with meekness, you will be able to carefully enlighten those who argue with you so that they can see God's what? Gracious gift of repentance and be brought to the truth this will cause them to rediscover themselves and escape from the snare of Satan who caught them so so there are some ministry Satan doesn't fight them why will he fight them because they are carrying out his purpose but when you start teaching people to make them rediscover themselves because one day they recover themselves, they will get out of Satan's snare. He will have nobody there. You realize that you tell me a lot of things. I pretend like I won't attend to it. Because I'm not the one who will do it. Come to church. Listen to the word. As you listen to the word, the Bible says you what? Rediscover yourself. Once you rediscover yourself, what will you do? You will escape. You must learn to escape. See, you have no idea a lot of believers who are in the snare. Alright. And so because of Peter's hypocrisy, many other Jewish believers followed suit, refusing to eat with Gentile believers. Even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocritical behavior. He didn't know what was happening, but he was just following. So when I realized they were acting inconsistently with the revelation of the gospel. What was inconsistent about it? The Gentiles were fellow believers. You are eating with them, but you saw, listen, the fact that you are born again does not mean you are devoid of law. Peter was anointed to go and preach gospel to the Jews. Now the Gentiles were also believers. He was eating with them. But when he saw the other Jews were coming out, he got up. Because they would say, according to Moses' law. You know what, what I see from here? Peter was not well grounded in the message of grace. He wasn't. He wasn't well grounded. No wonder there are a lot of ministers, men of God, who are not well grounded in the message of grace. Even though they are born again, they are not well versed in the message of grace. I confronted Peter. Thank you, Paul. In front of everyone, you say you don't like public rebuke. I confronted Peter in front of everyone. You were born a Jew. 
but you've chosen to disregard Jewish regulation and live like a Gentile. Why then do you force Gentiles to conform to these same rules? You see, the question is asking him. Although we are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, we know that no one receives God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law. But only by the faith of Jesus, the Messiah, his faithfulness has saved us. Can you see that? His faithfulness has saved us. And we have received God's perfect righteousness. Now we know that God accepts no one by keeping religious law. So Peter was keeping religious law even though he was born again. Hey, you can't, you can't see me with, with the Gentiles. Because they are outcasts. The law says this, the law says that. Then Paul is saying that I, don't, I have a problem with your you being born again. In other words, how can you be born again? See another born again. That's the reason I have a problem. You are born again. And you have a daughter who is born again. And there is a man who is interested in your daughter from another religion who is born again. Another ethnic, ethnic group. Then you come back and say, I don't like this tribe. Because they are like this. They are like that. They are like this. Bible says when you become born again, we know no man after the flesh. But you see, sometimes I don't blame them, even though it's not right. The reason why they are like that is that you too, when you became born again, you never grew. You were so much of the flesh. They don't see Christ in you. They see tribe in you. You see what, what I'm saying? They see tribe, tribe in you. They don't see Christ. So you say you are born again. Okay, the, okay, you. But if you bush and be mu. Achim, mm-mm. Achim for the woman yes, should be bummy bano. So from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely by what? Their outward appearance. For that is how we once view the anointed one. But no longer do we see him with limited human sight. Did you see that? Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everyone is fresh and new. Alright, go to Galatians. Oh, Jesus. If we are those who desire to be righteous through our union with the anointed one, does that mean our Messiah condones sin? Even though we acknowledge that we are sinners, how absurd. For if I start over and reconstruct the old religious system, that I turn down with the message of grace. The message of grace tears down the old order of the law. Can you see that? Yeah. With the message of grace, I would appear to be a lawbreaker. See, I have torn down the thing, yet I go for it and I remold it. It does not matter how you remold the law. It is the law. The essence of the grace message is to tear down 
You see how Paul is focused? Now, we have been reading from Acts, chapter 9. The guy has been focused on the message of grace. He will not move. He will not move. Now, he is now correcting people. No wonder in, is it 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15, he said, I am who I am, but by the grace of God. I am who I am, but by the grace of God. He said, through the law, I died to the law. So that what? I might live to God. Look, we are dead to the law. In other words, we don't respond to the law. Because we are dead to it. Don't respond to the law. Go back to 19. Don't, don't, don't respond to the law. You are dead. So somebody says, before you can know God better, it's like somebody says, oh God, I want to die for you. You've heard those things before? If God needed your death, Jesus wouldn't have come. Now that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice that was needed, is it today that you want to die? But you see, in the Bible, there were a few people that were selected to die the kind of death Jesus died. They were selected. Those guys, Paul, Peter, and all the other ones, they were excited to die. Do you see that? They were chosen to die. So Paul keeps saying, that if I live, I live for him. If I die, he's, Paul was talking about death. Death, that he may die. He may die. He may die. And so on. He said, I want to go be with the Lord, but because of you, I will remain. He said, that I may know him. And the power of his suffering. Paul says, he wants to die so that the power that raised Jesus will raise him also. See, they, it was a grace. They were appointed to die. That is different from you. Check your Bible. James was appointed to die. Paul was appointed to die. And they were excited about his death. The matter, it's called the martyrdom. That's how come some of you, God will not take you to Iraq or countries where your head will, you will be beheaded. But there are some people that are, are, are carefully selected. And God takes them there because God knows that this guy, they will die beautifully for me. Come on fast, you can't fast. You think I'll go to Iraq. One hour prayer, you can't handle because you feel pain. You, you can't come to check five days. You think I'll go to Iraq. In a danger zone, there's a 27-year-old guy. Young boy, 27. You know why he spends his life in Iraq? When he's going to preach, they have, uh, you know, some of the Christian guys have gone and they are full. The guy won't come back. He's not married. He's preaching. He's putting his life at risk. You think when we go to heaven and he dies through the gun, he decided to go there. And that's why he's been living. Preaching Jesus. Come and see the miracles. The miracles upon miracles. Whilst they are having service, they have gone. They are... <laughs> By the time he's coming, when it is time for him to go home, he will go home beautifully. Beautifully. And those people, you can't compare your reward with them. They poured their blood for the sake of Jesus. You can't come to church for one week. You think you can spill your blood? You can't spend your money on the Lord. You think you can spill your You think it's easy? You're in the workplace. You can't tell anybody about Christ. They know you for everything else but Christ. They know you for everything but Christ. They know you, you are popular or they know you for something 
But when it comes to the things of God, they know you like God, but they don't know you are deep like that. Because that's not where the passion is. But you come to church and come and lie to everybody. In all my ways. But you realize that it's, not, it's, but it's true. It's not in your, all your ways. Because there are some of us, when we live here, God doesn't have a hold of us again. We share to the world. So he said, God, if I come here, catch me for here. Use me as five hours, take me. But once I get out of here, I belong to the world. I belong to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I have died to the law. Look at it. So that what? I might live to God. Sometimes you think this living for God thing is a boring life. It's because you don't have light. You don't have revelation about it. You don't have revelation. The day you get revelation, you know this is a beautiful life. Where this loving God will take you? There's nothing on this earth that will take you. What this thing can take you and what it can give you, you haven't seen yet. Because when it is preparing you, you will think it is pain. You think the world is where the joy is. Don't go out there looking for fame. Be in the secret place. Like they say, dying <laughs> every day. Today you are faithful, tomorrow you are not. And you think God is just a magician. Spiritual things don't happen like that. He says, he that believes, he that cometh to God must, first of all, believe that he is. And he said what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not, not haphazardly. Diligence. How is your diligence in serving God? Today you come to church. It's a bother. Tomorrow, because the more I worship God, the more things are, if you can lay hold, he said he will not forget your labor of love. It just takes a day in your faithfulness. For God to boom. You see, there's, there's nothing stirring you. That's why, first of all, I'll ask you, are you born again? Because we are led by the Spirit. Yes, sir. Okay. Last, I think last scripture, I know we are done. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now, the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. That's why you can't stay at home. If really Jesus is living his life through you. <laughs> do, do you see what you see now? He's, he, he's living his life through you. We live in union as one. If you don't come to church, you didn't make Jesus come to church. Because you are in union with him. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who lives, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. Amazing. So that is why I don't view God's grace as something peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, then Christ would have died for nothing. I like the KGM's version here. He said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now, who is Paul talking to? All this while he's talking to Peter. All this while he's talking to Peter. You now understand why he said, oh foolish Galatians. He said, oh foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth 
before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth, crucified among you. We touch this on Friday. Be on your feet. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayman 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-LJedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny Daniel Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many Many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.